Welcome to the Arrest All Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. I am your host. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. Increasing in numbers, people seem to be responding and getting on board with the show, which is really cool. Keep that coming, keep the feedback coming as ever. Um, Big things coming up. It's been a fast start to 2016 for me personally. Um, Busy with illustration work, but also uh, happy to announce I've got my first ever solo show coming up. And in all places, it's going to be in Belarus, uh, in Minsk which is really exciting because it's not something I had on the agenda, if I'm honest, not at least in the first half of the year. But in this crazy world, as you'll all know, these things just kind of happen and you've just got to respond and move with it. Otherwise, you are screwed in this industry. And I got an approach from the British Embassy uh, in Belarus, and it's not a country I'd ever considered going to. That being said, I recently illustrated a feature for Escapism magazine, which is a part of Square Up Media. And it seems like a really sort of up-and-coming, exciting place to go. Um, A real creative happening going on there at the minute, I think. Um, Just going from my own experiences in Eastern Europe, a few years ago I made a trip with three other lads to Serbia to go to Exit Festival, and what we did was we hired a camper van and thought, if we're going all that way out to the festival with my music project, Quenched Music, then we may as well make the most of it. So we got a camper van, we drove from London, we got the ferry over to Ostend, and then we drove via Bruges right across Europe, and we had an amazing adventure, and we, and we took a couple of cameras, a couple of aspiring filmmakers who I'm friends with, and we made a little movie out there. But what happened was, word got around, and one of the guys' mum uh, was a councillor in Manchester City Council, and she'd had a dialogue going on with the British Council in Serbia, And their role out there was to set up cultural links between a small town called Panchevo and Manchester at the time. So this was all mentioned, the uh, the little trip we were planning. And what happened was we were invited to go and stay in Panchevo, not not a place we considered going to since the festival was just up the road in Novi Sad. And we ended up checking in, meeting the local creative community, staying over, going out for dinner, and we were part of a show, and we got to go on their equivalent of this morning, which was quite funny, and we were totally unprepared. And Dirty Freud, the guy who was doing the soundtrack for the film, ended up going on the show in no less than pink knee socks. Um, he had caterpillar boots, a kilt, and like an Adidas hoodie. And when questioned about this ridiculous attire, he decided to say it was all custom, it was all, you know, it was a big look in the UK, and he sort of went for it, hook, line and sinker, which was quite funny to watch back, him just sitting there looking like some sort of uh, psychedelic clown, but it was a good trip, and it seems like a similar thing's happened in the way that I've been approached via my book to go out and talk at a local book festival, and as the conversation uh, transpired, everyone got really excited, and and the guys out there ended up pitching my first ever solo show, which I wasn't going to say no to. So I'm going to be showing a series of works from a project that I've been on recently called Know What I Mean, and it's like a reportage project when I'm sort of championing the little overlooked elements in our streets in in Britain and beyond. I did a little leg of it in New York, and more news on that coming up. But the reason I tell that story is today's guest, Ray Richardson, is a very well-established painter. If you know your painting, you will know Ray Richardson. He's a prominent London uh, artist and he graduated from Goldsmiths 
in the 80s, I believe, and he was a part of the whole, you know, the guys who went on to form the YBA, but whilst all the conceptual stuff was happening, Ray was very much a kind of traditional painter, but really finding his feet with a, a very London-centric, very... It's hard to describe his work. It has been described as filmic, which I completely agree with. Really dynamic compositions, really original style, and very um, very London-based. And it got me excited because I wasn't aware of Ray's work, but Ray was a guy who, in our studios, he is about two corridors down. And I didn't really know him, but we would kind of meet at the kettle during tea breaks, and we talked football, and we both love dogs. He's got a real fondness for English Bull Terriers, which you will see appearing quite prominently in his work and we would just get talking he's a Cheltenham fan I'm a Leeds fan we we shared the bond of both having completely shit football teams at the moment and we, you know eventually I ended up going in and looking at Ray's work and it just blew my mind and as somebody who's new to London I fell in love with that whole thing that's depicted in his work and just to give you a little a little insight um, somebody from GQ actually once described him as the Martin Scorsese of painting and it's not too far from the tree, really. He's got a very filmic composition in all his works. There's this kind of London, you know, there's like, it's also been described as having a film noir influence. But what you'll see is a man who's creating a, an entire world throughout his paintings and a, and a real feel. And, and he manages to just drop in a little dash of fiction, which takes it somewhere else completely. So... You know, I went in and had a look at all his work and immediately I said, look, you've got to do this podcast. I'm running this show called Rest All Mimics. I really hope you'll come on. And luckily for me, Ray's got a, a major solo show coming up at Beaux Arts, which is 48 Maddox Street in London. It's in West London. And it's the gallery that Ray's worked with for, for a number of years now. And that's opening from the 28th of January right through to the 27th of Feb. And you can see an absolutely stunning body of work. Um, and I just got Ray popped up earlier today, actually, with the gallery catalogue, and I'm just going to read you a little bit from the opening section, which kind of describes it better than I could ever articulate. And the introduction says, when we look at Ray Richardson's practice over the last two decades, and absolutely at his current work, we feel we are engaging with situations from a universe of his own making, a self-generated milieu, a place he himself inhabits, not simply when he is working, this begs the question, where exactly is this world? When is it? What is going on in it? And what are we witness to in it? It is a world we think we know, but something tells us that we have never been there. This place does not, in fact, exist away from these painted surfaces. Despite the complete recognition we feel in front of the variation scenario, uh, the various scenarios, uh, we know that we are looking at a process of staging, collaging, manoeuvring and rearranging that shifts the specifics, places and people into another dimension. I couldn't have put that better and that's what's been surmised in the introduction to this show so do go and check out uh, what's going on down there go and see Ray's work it's called London Soul and I'm really excited to get down to the private view um, which is going on the night before on the 20, 27th of Jam so I'm going to be discussing with Ray the influence of that what it meant growing up in East London at a time when he did um, you know his background as ever how he came to paint, what Goldsmiths was like at that time, and before that, Central St. Martins, where Ray studied on the foundation course. Really good conversation, really funny. He's going to talk about, you know, 
going out and having a studio in Chicago, um, you know, getting over to America, putting on shows worldwide, and how it all started in his first exhibition after Goldsmiths in a Vegetarian Cafe, and why we should be open to opportunities and not see everything at face value, not judging books by the covers, um, the strong presence of English Bull Terriers in his work, why they are there and what they mean. And he's just a, a proper London geezer who's a really nice fella and spent a good amount of time with me considering he's got a deadline coming up. So check it out. I hope you enjoy the show as much as I did. Uh, Ray's on great form and I catch him a couple of weeks before the deadline for submitting his work. So uh, here we go with Ray Richardson. It was like a print dealer said to me, the pro- who I've known for about 25 years, who's about the same age as me. And I just he just published two prints with me last year. And... Uh, he said, the problem is there's too many fucking artists now. Yeah. And it's almost, there is that kind of thing, you know, that the, the, there, there's so much media available to kind of punt it out there yeah. on, sort of, that, that um, you know, you can be making some shit, sort of thing, but you can yeah. still get it out there. And, it, and, you know, and it was really hard, because when I think about when I was first trying to get find galleries and stuff like that and you used to have to send 35 mil slides and then you'd mm. have to lob out for them and then there was all the stuff of sending them off to yeah. get them processed and that would be costing you money and you'd be sending them off and you'd never get them back unless you put sort of pay postage paid and all that sort of shit in yeah. and stuff like that and then now it's like yeah you can fire off a load of JPEGs and if no one's fucking interested then yeah. they ain't interested there's nothing to fucking well lose. that's it isn't it yeah but I guess the flip side of that is that it's there's now a nice appeal with getting something physical in the mail, you know? Yeah. I speak to a lot of art directors who, then they say, you know, when I get something nice in print, yeah. addressed directly to me, stands out, you know, because it's a personal touch. And it's, yeah. Uh, well, I guess that's the thing, and it's like where a lot of kind of gallery in my, I don't know about with illustration, illustration and stuff like that, I mean, or, or in general, you know, it's, uh, I, I, you know, I know a lot of galleries now that don't even bother with catalogues. They, they just, they'll do like, online catalogues and stuff like that but I, yeah. I agree with you if you get something through the post and it's like oh you can flick through it and then yeah. put it down and then yeah go and make a cup of tea if you've got it yeah. just opened it up and then you yeah. can come back have another look and all that sort of business yeah. you know well that's, that's, that's it isn't it I mean yeah I mean I don't know so what so how, how long have you been working with Bo Arts that is how I pronounce it right Bo Arts well they, they probably say Bo's Art but uh, <laughs> Bo's Arts <laughs> Well, I sort of um, probably since the uh, probably since the early nineties, mm. like ninety one, ninety two, and then um, I had my first show of them in the West End in like nineteen ninety three, mm. um, and then let's say we had a bit of a period about around about two thousand where we kind of went our separate ways for a little bit but then yeah. we've kind of come back together which is that's cool it's good you know what I mean I, yeah. I sort of I never really fell out with them but it was like I don't know there's sort of loads of things maybe that now looking back on it that were going on in my life which were maybe affected yeah what I was thinking at the time and stuff like that and um so I uh so, you know what I mean, when we, we spoke to each other sort of years later and then sort of said, you know, said to yeah. me, do you want to work together again? And I yeah. sort of said, yeah, okay. But Is it a big gallery? Yeah, they've been going since about 19, I don't know, about 1969, 1970, yeah. something okay, like that. Okay, that's cool, yeah. And so yeah. how did that relationship start? That was through a print, a print dealer I was mentioning to you uh, 
before he took my work to sh- to show them, yeah. he took some prints actually that he published to show them, and then they asked him, "Did I paint?" And uh, he said, "Yeah." And then we went. I went with him to meet him, showed him some paintings, and they basically offered me a show Brilliant. there and then. Yeah, sort of thing. It's the value of a personal connection. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I owe, I owe Paul. His name's Paul Stoker. I owe him sort of thing, but. Uh, yeah. He's he's done all right himself since you know he's kind yeah. of he's quite yeah. a big he's a very big print dealer sort of thing and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. And your shows, so your London Soul, right? That's that's the name of the show. Yeah. What's 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 the deal? What's the what's the brief on that? Then? Well, it kind of covers so many fucking bases. It's it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's just I mean I don't I, I don't know if I sent you the kind of thing with the 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 old Northern Soul kind of. Like logo of the fist, which used to have Northern Soul, and yeah, yeah I got used, iconic, yeah, stuff. iconic yeah. thing. And then somebody bought me a T-shirt with London Soul, and then because I'm a massive soul and funk yeah. fan and jazz and all that, it was just right up my street. And then it was almost like a title that you know I'm I'm really one for writing down things that I hear people say. I've got like a little yeah. book I write down, for, you know, things I on films, little bits out yeah, too out of books you know what I mean there's a bit of out of the book of Get Carter which was called Jack's Return Home where I don't know there's just lines in it and yeah. I just had to nick the lines or appropriate as they say the lines <laughs> and, uh, and I'll, I'll just write them down and save them for like later and so yeah I wrote down so I always come up with titles for shows and London Soul yeah. was one that I wrote down because I had the t-shirt so let's have a show sort of thing but um but yeah, so it all kind of tied in with so many things that I'm interested in, like soul music, northern soul, mm. kind of, and then there's all the, there's so much, there's all the football things thrown in, all the kind yeah. of casual look and all that sort of thing. And um, uh, so I guess it, it's it was something I wanted to do, and I felt like the time was right for me to be kind of cool using this title sort of thing, because yeah. I've been saving it, and I was going to do it for a show in Brussels, and then I just sort of thought, that would just sail over their heads sort of yeah. thing. So I wanted to do it in the city I was born in, really. Yeah. And um, and I suppose it's kind of very much my kind of London soul sort of thing, and it doesn't really mean anything, but it just... It, it, it's more about a feeling and a vibe. Yeah, it, it triggers Do you know what I mean? I mean, for me, the minute I look at your work and the minute I hear that title, yeah, it, it makes total sense, you know? Yeah. There's not much thinking required. It's, it's, it works. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to kind of like encompass what London is now or ever was or whatever. It's kind of... Me- I think the nice thing about that is it leaves it open to the viewer. Yeah. Well, everyone's got their own London, you know? It's just, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that comes across well. Yeah. Um, I find it really intriguing because I'm very new to London I mean I've been here a year so mm. it's it's kind of interesting for me to know someone like yourself who's born and bred in London you know I've, I've always been fascinated with the place since coming here as a kid mm. and my dad loves the place you know he loves all it reads all the history and reads upon it yeah very similar references get Carter you know I was brought up on the on that kind of films of that yeah movie, yeah you know, he's probably same age as me your old man he is he is 61 <laughs> so, right. well he'll be 61 this year but um but yeah he's, but he's you know they loved it. Loved the romantic view of it all. So I'm yeah, kind of, yeah, that's kind of been instilled in me. So it's well, yeah. I think I think it's that kind of romanticism, but it's uh, it's a kind of romanticism that sort of I don't know. It's it's, it's very difficult to put because I I do just always have so many ideas flying at me 
that I kind of, I don't know, it's my mate Ferg always says it comes from Plumstead, do you know what I mean? It's like lightning in a bottle. If you could bottle it, it'd be explosive and you could sell it, sort of, you know what I mean? So I don't know, I, I, I just them all the time. I, I, can, I can hear an old bit of music, I can hear something really new or whatever, or I can see something, or I can see an advert or, yeah. I don't know, and it just it all goes into the mix. And I guess that I think, contrary to what I said earlier, that there's so much information coming at you, but it's like how you kind of take all that information in mm. and then disseminate it and then use it in a way to how you want to use it. Completely, I think so. I think it's, this is quite a recent thing for me, but I'm, I always stayed within a certain box with my influences for for, for time. But but recently I'm very much, you know, I'm trying to make myself listen to music that I might never listen to, watch films that I might never listen Mm. to, go new places, because I'm starting to see now the value as I get older in my artwork of just feeding the the mind with, uh, you know, overpowering the subconscious with so much information that I think when you get those ideas where you go, where the fuck did that come from? It's like, it came from somewhere because you've seen them smelled and yeah. listened to all this stuff and I think just feeding the senses regurgitates it through your personality and I'm a big believer in that in art. And yeah. You know, I think it drives your ideas. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, I don't know, you know, sometimes I talk to people, I've, I talk to like, I've got like a painter mate of mine who lives in, he's from Bristol and he's kind of part of that, I guess he's part of that sort of urban scene in Bristol sort of thing, mm. which, but he he paints as well, um, you know, he can, he can actually paint in oils and stuff, but he does all the street stuff and everything. And, um, but he talks sometimes, I talk to him, I go and see him, I go and stay with him in France and that, and uh, sometimes he talks about art, and, I've, and he didn't go to art school or anything, but he's a great painter, Sometimes I get embarrassed by some of the knowledge that he has about kind of <laughs> painting, like pr- painting, painting. <laughs> and I'm thinking, fucking, where's that come from? Like that. But he reads a lot and stuff like that. And I guess, I don't know, it's like, um, I don't know, yeah, I kind of, I find it really, me personally, I'm not knocking him at all because I think it's great sort of thing. But I remember when, some, I remember an old girlfriend bought me. And I dug it out the other day, a book on the life of Picasso, written by a bloke called John Richardson, mm. who was an old pal of Picasso, who was an English geezer. And I remember trying to read it when I was about 18, when this girlfriend bought it, and I just got bored fucking shitless with it, because it was telling me all about how his uncle made fucking loops out of winkle pickers, or something, <laughs> in Malaga, I don't know, you know what I mean, I'm being really facetious, but... Um, but and I just didn't want. I wanted to get the. No, I wanted to know about the paintings and the makings of the paintings and stuff. Yeah. And I guess all the formative stuff was important, bit. But I, I suppose that, you know, when people go to me, sort of, oh, what, what, what's your favourite gallery in London, say, for example, and I always say the National Gallery because I just think it's it's like a treasure trove in there. You know, you can go. I'm, if I get off the train at Charing Cross. And uh, I've got to meet someone in, in the West End or something. If I've got like half hour to spare, I'll dive in the uh, National Gallery because it's, you know, walking yeah. distance from the uh, Charing Cross. And then I'll just head for like one painting and then that's where that like feeds your soul sort of thing. Sort of, you know, you can go in there and just look at, a, I don't know, like a Rubens. I mean, not even painters that you might not particularly like or whatever, but you just sort of think, I'll just go and study one painting and stuff like that so uh, 
yeah, I don't know what the point of saying all that was really, but it's uh, <laughs> but no, but it's it's about kind of that 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 thing of I like the kind of counterbalance all that sort of stuff of yeah, we've got all this instant stuff, and then you know you can watch films, and then you you, you can sort of see the way they've done stuff with the cinematography, and you just sort of think. You know, I could, I, I, you know, why can't I do that in painting, sort of thing? And then you sort of yeah. think, why don't I make films instead of painting, sort of? And yeah. so there's all that kind of questioning thing. And then sometimes when you're working on paintings, and it's all falling into place, you think, well, this is why I'm not making films. Yeah, I don't know. I have those moments regularly, actually, because I, I get the same thing. I, I, I think I just have a lust for just creativity, you know, making things. So. When I'm, like you say, when I might read a cool article about a film being shot, and I think oh, I, could, I could direct a film, you know. <laughs> and then I start thinking about the cost and the organisation, and the, and the rec- I have all the people you would require to do that. And then I'll I'll knock out a good twenty minute drawing, and I'll think, well, yeah, do exactly what you said. This is why I'm an illustrator. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, yeah, I can totally relate to that. <laughs> you mentioned film. I, I read. I think it was on your website, and I read. It might have been there. I mentioned. I, I saw there was influence for all. Film noir was mentioned within, yeah. and, I, and I see the ref- I see the reference, yeah, very loosely. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, you know, I guess you know, if if I think about watching film noir, it's not like a thing that I've ever really gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to go and see the the Falcon with six hands or something like. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, I, just, I don't know. It, I guess it again. It goes back to I remember like me and my brother when we were kids, and my mum and dad would go out you know, at the weekends and they'd leave us indoors when we were old enough. Mm. And, you know, we'd start watching telly and in those days, well before your time, there was only, <laughs> there was only, there was only, well, initially it was only two channels and then there was BBC Two, so we had three channels. And then there'd be things like, because you didn't have all this extensive film, like film channels and stuff like that, yeah. you'd get like funny old B-movies on really late at night and so me and my brother or we'd sit up watching them and stuff like that, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess all that stuff is, you know, it's all visual, and I am. It's all about visual stuff, and yeah. you know, the way things are shot and the way things are lit and stuff like that, and mm. you know, um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I just like film, really. I mean, yeah. it, it, it can be, it, you know, film. I think sometimes I think when people write about you, maybe they kind of key into something, and it maybe reminds them of a. I, a film noir I, I see it like. but what I, what I see more of a writing especially now that you've said mm. that there's a, there's a very um, sort of filmic composition I think there's a, there's a dynamic to, to the way you compose your work yeah and at least to my eye that is say a thumbnail for a, a storyboard for a yeah, film yeah. there's a very I mean looking around your studio now you know the shot of the boxes there's a crop of the boxes legs there that's yeah. got such an energy and a dynamic to it that mm. to me that you know that's something that you would you would hope that you would capture as a director of a film. You know, yeah. it's a beautiful composition, and there's such a range within your stuff as well that that captures that. I think you know we talked about the one with the horse there. It's a very long landscape, um, and it just it just draws you right into the shot. I think I don't know if that might be a film influence. I, I guess you know, I guess we don't always know consciously, but I think it's one of the defining features in your work, at least to me, um, mm. is the is the variation in the strength of the compositions. Yeah, no, I mean that 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 was something I was definitely always interested in. I remember being at um, I don't know. I, I used to look a lot, lot of um, I used to look at a lot of photography when I was at art school. Um, I 
remember like sitting in the library and it's not like I wanted to make paintings of photos that I was looking at. I wanted mm. to kind of make paintings of sort of of my world. Yeah. In the style of of photos, if that makes any sense, yeah. or like film stills or something like that. Because mm. I was always interested in that. You know, I've said it loads of times. It's it's kind of what's happened just before. You know, you're looking at something, but what there's something's happened just before. The, the what you're looking at and that there's something going to happen afterwards yeah and I'm always interested in that and I did a did a show uh, a mate of mine's sort of a little gallery a few years ago and I did it it was like 92 drawings and it basically was a film it was stills of a film some really bizarre film in my head that mm. might, didn't even make any sense really but it was just seeing similar similar views from different angles and stuff like that so and it all and again I've said this before, but it stemmed back to an old advert for the Guardian, I think in the eighties, where there was a shot of a I don't know, it was like a skinhead or something, running down the street. So you you had a camera tracking this bloke running down the street and then the next shot was like this old woman on the corner and she's looking around like she's lost or something. And then the next shot is like the skinhead geezer just jumping at her and fucking knocking her flying. Yeah. And then the final shot was there was like a pallet of bricks coming down off of a building above that were going to fucking land on her and the skinhead geezer was pushing her out of the way to save her. Very clever, very clever. Yeah, so I loved that kind of idea of the same viewpoint, same same scene, but that scene different viewpoints. And I guess that's something I've always been really interested Mm. in. And it's not like, you know, this body of work, but this show, I'm not sort of saying, oh, there's some story running through it, because I'd be a liar if I fucking said there was, but there ain't. Yeah. But there is a kind of loose thread yeah. of nonsense, my nonsense, yeah. kind of running through it. And I don't mean nonsense in a light way. I mean, it's yeah. my train of thought. You know what I mean? There's, but that's what sets you apart. You know, that's what makes all of us unique, isn't it? It's drawing, yeah. drawing on that train yeah. of thought and that inner and voice. There's, yeah, there's soundtracks and everything going through this. I mean, you know, I've always been really interested in that... Um, that kind of thing of like you know, there's a musical background to all, I yeah. you know, into to all this work. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I was down here the other Saturday night a few weeks ago, and uh, in the studio, and my oldest son had said to me, "Oh, have you ever like listened to Craig Charles's program on Six Music on Saturday night?" And I hadn't. And he goes, "It'd be right up your street," you know. Yeah. And it's all like soul and funk and everything, and then. I'm painting away and I'm thinking, oh, this is this is fucking brilliant sort of thing. And then he played this kind of like slightly northern soul-y, bit more a bit more a bit stacks sort of soul-y, sort of Judy Clay record, and it was called something like Since You Came Along or something. And it was a real groove, and it was just like <laughs> I was like dancing around in the studio, you yeah. know, I'm putting a bit of paint down and stuff like that. And then I ended up thinking, right, that's the title of this painting, and that's the, and for me, that's the that's the background tune to this painting and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And pe- other people don't have to know that. And no, not at all. That, and then they can look into the title, and it's the title's all like about you know, obviously some woman who's kind of had a lot of trouble in her life or whatever. And then there's this new fellas come along, and mm. then everything's kind of happening for. Her. And so I like I like all that kind of weird backstory yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and building yeah. it all in. Yeah. Um, but it's so yeah. That's it's kind of the way. That's the way things kind of go with me. And it's 
yeah, you know, there's sort of it's all serious, but there's sort of serious stuff in there as well. But I don't know. I just it has to be about what motivates me to carry on doing it, sort yeah. of thing. You know. Yeah. So what are your background? What is your background like creatively? I mean, did you grow up? Did you grow up drawing, painting? Uh, yeah. Well, I grew up drawing. Um, sort of. Uh, I just used to try and copy that drawings. That, you know, my my dad can't draw at all. Yeah. That he'd do these really rubbish drawings, and then I'd try and copy them. But then yeah. I could do I could do what he was doing. Yeah. About the age of five, better than he, <laughs> the better than he could. And um, and I don't know. My brother always remembers that I used to draw. I, I used to draw like do drawings of the milkman and stuff like that, or bloke who worked in the greengrocers and stuff. So I'm yeah. really showing the age now. But. Uh, but you know what I mean, sort of like just people you'd see on your estate and stuff like that's that. That's quite interesting. So you must have had that interest in the world around you from an early, in an artistic way yeah. from an early age, then. Yeah. So no, I was. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. We never got taken to get to galleries, or yeah. there'd always be like something like you know your old great uncle Ronnie. Yeah, he does really good drawings of ships and stuff like that, and I never saw any of them. And uh, <laughs> and it weren't really encouraged it was like yeah oh yeah young Reagan draw sort of thing but yeah. it were it was just like just used to get on with it it weren't yeah. sort of it wasn't discouraged as such but yeah it was just I, that's what I, I liked doing it you know yeah that's it I, I'd say me it's like I always say if I wasn't out playing football I was inside drawing exactly fo- drawing footballers exactly exactly yeah. Like, yeah I was always drawing pictures of footballers for mates yeah stuff like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know did you, did you get to the bit in the book about drawing David Beckham making a try yeah like, that <laughs> did make me fucking chuckle actually yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous looking back but we genuinely believe we were onto a winner at that point well I, I think you still are <laughs> I think Do you know you, what? Maybe I think you're right. You, I think you missed a trick. <laughs> that's true. Oh god. Yeah, you see, yeah. That's that's funny to me because I never did see any real worth in the world around me. Not until certainly the past uni. I mean, you know, it was only then that I started to see. I think that might be through music as well. It's like it's through listening to bands like Blur and the appreciation of the little things going on in the world around you, the little quirks that people have. Mm. It's that's kind of influence that then got me interested in just you know walking down any seemingly mundane uh, street in London or wherever you know and seeing a cigarette butt on the floor or an interesting bit of graffiti or just a sign that people walk past and never take notice of yeah. I started a project called Know What I Mean and it's very much about deriving those elements and turning them into works of art now yeah. you know, that I'm really loving doing at the minute but I find that interesting that you were you were drawing those local characters from such an early age yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and I until you brought up that about the footballers yeah I just remember drawing pictures of like when I think about it now, drawing like this kid, I didn't even really like him in class. Maybe I was trying to become mates with him or something. But I drew this picture of a Crystal Palace player because he supported Palace, and that is like that's drawing the enemy. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, um, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. I just used to draw and draw and draw, and that was it. And uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was drawing and football. That was all it was for me yeah. as a kid. You yeah. know, it was just. I mean. Football is for a lot of kids, but I don't think every kid kind of draws. No. And I didn't think of it as like, you know what I mean, when you're living on a council estate in Woolwich, you don't think, yeah, this is what I'm going to do, you know, when you're seven or something like oh, that. Oh, no, me, me too, in Keithley, so yeah. similar thing, you know, it's, it's not the given thing in a working class, smaller environment. Like no. That, uh, so, yeah, it was just, yeah, I just, just liked doing it, and then, uh, I don't know. 
I remember when I was, I can't remember how old I was, I drew a church or something and I won 10 quid or something and then I thought, blimey, you know, that was like some comp competition in some local paper. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so yeah, I didn't think I won, it, uh, I won the local Keithley News uh, McDonald's colouring competition. <laughs> I've got that on my CV as you well. Kept, you kept in the lines, did you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah 1989. Yeah. And, um, and I won a, a boggling. Do you remember them? They were like these yeah. weird little puppets that you put on your hand and you could move their eyes and open the mouth. And they were sort of made out of rubber and had a long tail, really weird things. Mm. But I went through a very quick, uh, fleeting obsession with them. But because the kid who won with me was a year older, he got the bigger, more expensive one where you could move the eyes, you could move the arms. I got the little stagnant one where you could only open its mouth. And I was pissed <laughs> off for months. Like, I wouldn't let it go. My mum was like, you're going to have to let that drop at some point. Like, you're with others. And I was like... <laughs> I was livid, but I got my pitch on the front of the Keith News, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> but it's funny the little encouragement you find, isn't it, along the way? Yeah. But, um, so where did you study? Uh, well, I did a foundation sort of a, uh, foundation course at St Martin's, um, which uh, yeah, it was good. In the end, it was good. When I when I first got there, I think I, I went straight from school straight. Mm. Probably, mate, I, don't know, I think like yourself, maybe. You know, I went straight directly from school, yeah. straight into uh, doing a foundation course. And I, I, I think I had this really. By then, I kind of did want to be an artist, even though I didn't really know what yeah. that meant at all. You know what I mean? I was like yeah. eighteen, yeah. and uh, and I had this like romantic notion, I think, of what being an artist was. I thought, you know, what I mean, I was going to end up in Paris or something yeah. like that. You know, I still have it from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did end up in Paris for three months, but that's a long story, sort of thing. And that was a bit later in life, which it was good, but yeah, it wasn't how I expected to get there. But, um, but I kind of think I went there, and I thought St Martin's because it was in Soho as well, mm. and I was sort of born and raised in South East London. I thought, well, it's going to be brilliant. It's going to be up in Soho and all this. And mm. even though I had a girlfriend at the time, I thought you're going to meet loads of girls and stuff like that. Yeah. Sounds awful, doesn't it? Sounds like such a fucking Philistine sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be... And, but then I kind of got there and I was really... Um, I don't know, I remember like the first day of getting there and the, the first talk that we had was like, uh, you know, there's only 3% of you going to be doing this in 10 years' time and yeah. all that malarkey. At the time, I got really annoyed internally. I didn't show it. But I just sort of thought, well, I'm, I'm going to be one of that 3%, yeah. you know what I mean? And I'm sure loads of people thought that. I think they do that very consciously yeah. to give you that yeah, well, sort I've, of, do you want this? You yeah, know? well, I've met the geezer who gave the talk. He came and did a studio visit with a load of students at yeah. my studio a few years ago. And I actually we went to the pub after and then I brought it up with him. And he goes, well, you've done it, though. You are one of the 3%. Yeah. Um So, and I said, I said, I, I realise now that you, you must have to do that every year. So anyway, I did that at St Martin's and I didn't massively enjoy it really until the last term and then I went and looked around some colleges and I knew I wanted to do painting mm. and I looked around and I really liked Goldsmiths. I just really liked the vibe there. It was yeah. it was separate from all the... The main site is in New Cross but in those days the fine art was up near Camberwell and uh, well, it was just over Camberwell Green and... Uh, I just liked it, just liked the vibe, and then I didn't know that it was about to kind of become this fucking explosive place over the next few years, which it kind of did, you know. Mm. But I felt 
I really enjoyed it there. I really enjoyed Goldsmiths because, you know, all that stuff that kind of did go on while I was there, you know, I mean, you're kind of aware of it all and stuff like that. But what's, what's, is that the stuff? All the kind of stuff that eventually became the YBA stuff and all the Freeze yeah, yeah, yeah. show. So that would have been, would that have been late 80s? No, it was middle, it was like 84 to, I left in 87, so uh, some of them were in my year in that kind of we were in all the free show and then some mm. were the year below there might have been some by the time I was a third year um, and so I don't know I mean I, yeah it was good it was a good place to be because it just at that time it still had enough painting painters on the sort of staff let's say mm. but there was the conceptual lot sort of were, were taking over yeah so it had kind of had a good vibe it was on a bit of a cusp of having the best of both worlds sort of thing so it, yeah. was, it was a good place and they did have a really they did have a really I, I remember I can't remember the tutor who said it but they really were banged on about professionalism there which I was really surprised about because I've never really come across that at St Martin's mm. I just at St Martin's on foundation I just thought most most of the tutors were bitter mm. they all lived in the country in like Suffolk and then that uh, come in and teach three days a week in London and they were fucking fucked off because they were going nowhere with what they were doing. So I don't know if any of them were listening, that's why I thought. But, you know, I did, I really did, you know, and it was like, at Goldsmiths, there was a bit of like, like... A bit of camaraderie. Yeah, and a bit of, well, it's more, not so much camaraderie, but it was more like a sense of like, right, you've got to get out there and make this happen a bit. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? You ain't going to, if you fucking just think you're going to come out of here and... It's a tough world. I mean, yeah. I, have, I have admiration for anyone like yourself who's who's painting and needs to get their work into galleries to make a living because mm. it's it's probably quite different to what I do. You know, a lot of my work is magazines and sort of, mm. it's more commercial basis in a sense. It's commissioned on a job-by-job basis. You know, I'll get a call, can you do as a magazine spread for Thursday? Yeah, there you go, 300 quid, whatever. Um, mm. So, you know, I mean, I've, I've got... I only found out earlier last week about my first solo show coming up in, in Minsk in Belarus. Right, I won't with that. <laughs> in a couple of yeah, minus 18 at the minute. But it's, it's a completely new world to me and actually quite a scary one in the sense that, you know, I've never approached a gallery, I've never put on a solo show, I've never put on a group show, let alone a solo show, so... How did you get started in that in that respect? Did you did you actually get a sense of where you wanted to go whilst you were at Goldsmiths? So? Yeah, when I was, I remember I have still got the photos of the first show I did. I actually planned the show after my degree show in a fucking little vegetarian cafe in East No in Great like right at the junction of the A two and the road that goes from Greenwich to Lewisham, and the other way it goes to Deptford, and then it goes to the lovely Blackheath if you go yeah. that way. And uh, it was a vegetarian cafe, and I planned because my old man had his upholstery workshop right near this vegetarian cafe, and he used to do picture framing for the bloke in this cafe who used to flog shitty prints in there. Anyway, the gallery in the basement, and then I lined up a show there, and I just sort of thought, you know what, I'm going to do this show. I've got something. I'm going to come out of college, and I'm going to have something to aim for, rather than just come out of college and sign on all summer sort of thing like yeah. you could do in those days yeah. and uh, and uh, and I have still got the photos of the pro view and it's hilarious because there's there is a photo there's like Damien Hurst walking around with beers in the background <laughs> behind me sort of thing and it just seems like a fucking other world do you know what I mean so that's like 1988 or so, yeah. something like that 87 late 87 maybe 
I don't know, yeah, probably like 87, yeah. and it's fucking bizarre, this stinky basement in a yeah. fucking vegetarian cafe, but it was all right, and I, but I sold some pieces, and then, I don't know, you know, I've always been one for like, have a go at doing something, unless it's really pony, and then you think, fucking you know, I'm not touching that. Yeah. Um, you know, I did a little drawing show in Brussels, last year with a guy that I've been working with on and off for about he was the first bloke in fact who offered me a proper gallery show before mm. even in England and that came from me doing a really crappy little show in a framers in Fulham and then two Belgian guys came into the gallery they both they tossed a coin over who was going to buy this painting one of them bought it took it back to Brussels this gallery owner saw it in his house said oh mm. if you're ever in called me up if you're ever in Brussels come to see me Went to see him because I was going to see a mate in Paris. And then he goes, right, yeah, let's do a show. And that was my first show. And that was from fucking stemmed from doing a pony show in a little place yeah. in Fulham. So I kind of did a little drawing show with this guy still in, in Brussels last year. And off the back of that, a really, a really good gallery in Luxembourg has offered me a show sort of thing. And it's a gallery that I was aware of. And I'm yeah. like thinking, yeah, that's a really nice gallery to be yeah. staying with. So... I don't know, you know, unless you've got people stage managing your career yeah. for you. Yeah. Sort of, I think, you know, you, you, you learn it. You learn to become canny over time and think, well, that ain't fucking worth doing because that's yeah. a waste of fucking time. Yeah, it's a filtering process, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a big advocate of um, just, put, like you said, then that's a perfect example of it, just putting things out there and, and trusting, you know? Yeah. There might, you know, it, it might seem like a finite job where you're going to do that one thing, it's going to end up on that wall and that's that. Yeah. For however, however much money. Mm. But, you don't know who's going to walk in and see it. You don't know why what's going to be in their head. What yeah, yeah. you know, we talk about influences, listening to music. You don't know what's going on in their world. Yeah, they might see that in a whole. You know, like you say, connections left, right, and centre. Yeah. This the only reason this show's come about is I got contacted by the British Embassy in in Minsk, and they've come across the book, and they said, "Oh, we you know we like what you do. Would you be interested in coming out and, and being involved in this book fair we're having over four days in February?" So I said, "Well, what's the deal? You know, you're going to put me up and yeah, you'll pay all your expenses. Mm. We'll get you out there." to do a talk we'll you know take it around a few local studios and I thought well, yeah when else am I going to go to Belarus why not yeah. so I went for it lo and behold the conversation got going it turns out one of the geezers out there is an Arsenal fan it's in my Arsenal stuff absolutely loves it so yeah. then they start saying is it too ambitious to ask you to do a show you know we'll cover the the printing costs we'll do the frit I was like fucking hell what solo show go on yeah why yeah. not you know so yeah, that's all just happened through thinking I could have I could have said well it's only expenses to get me out there I'm not getting a fee on top I won't do it but I didn't. I thought it's a new place. You never know who's going to be out there. Who's going to see it? Whole different, you know, environment. And look what's happened. So I think you have to do that. Yeah, and um, I and I think you know, um, I think you have to be realistic about things as well because you know, like I say, um, I don't know. You always like to think you're making the right choices and stuff like that, you know. Mm. And sometimes you make the wrong choice, and sometimes you work with people who really fuck you over. Yeah. And. I don't think that ever changes, and I don't think that that matters even how big you say big. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I say, however big you become, there's always someone who's going to fucking try and turn you over or something like that That's um, really, yeah. for something, or you know what I mean? They said they were going to give you some petrol money for doing something, or pay the postage on something, and then they go, oh yeah, I forgot, forgot about that, you know, we'll let that ride. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter, unless you're like, you know, you've got some super big team working behind you. Yeah. But I don't know, I don't know, 
would I would I really even want that sort of thing? I mean, I like, you know, I've done all right what I'm doing, which is is good, you know, and yeah. it's um, and it's you know, I, I think the, the thing is, it's like like I say, I mean, the the, the I, I think um, a show I told you about that I was in that took last year it sort of was in a couple of museums but you know I was in a show there with it was like a big British figurative painting show and it, you know I'm in there with Francis Bacon and Lucian Freud and mm. David Hockney and George Shaw who got nominated for the Turner Prize a couple of years ago which yeah. was brilliant because it was a painter um, and that kind of all stems back to when I used to show in a gallery above a pub near Stamford Bridge 25, 26 years ago, mm. and we just used to, me and a mate of mine that I was at Goldsmiths with, we had a couple of shows up above this pub, and it was like, it weren't like hipster, because hipster didn't exist then, but it was like, it was fucking Chelsea, it was like, it weren't fucking New Cross or something, which yeah, would probably yeah. be cooler now, I don't know, but it was like, this is 25 years ago, and then so, a couple of blokes who I met through going in that pub and doing a couple of shows and then maybe having a couple of drinks with them and stuff years and years ago, you know, one of them's ended up, he's the director of one of the museums and then that's the first time I've met him ever since and then they were put in curating this show and the guy said, well, what about Ray Richardson for this show? And that comes from me meeting him 25 years ago, doing a show upstairs in a a nice gallery above a pub. It was a purpose gallery and you just sort of think, well, yeah, this, this all swings and roundabouts, yeah, you know what well, I mean? Yeah, and I think if you're all right with people, yeah. and you're not an arse, or you don't develop an ego, it's like, you, these people who you build relationships with, they're always there, yeah, you know? Yeah. But, um, and I think, they don't forget you either. Yeah, and I think there's, there is a lot to be said for all of that, you know? The kind of what goes around comes around, because it's yeah. like, you know, why be a, an arsehole to people? All right, they might really annoy you, yeah. and it's not like you're using them, but you just sort of think... These blokes didn't in particular. They they didn't annoy me, by the way. But yeah. but you know what I mean. It's like I've, I I still get it now. You know where you get people approach you to do a show, and then I sort of you know you get an email, and you kind of think right, I'll gauge how this is going. We'll find out a bit more information and stuff like that because you don't want to commit too much effort and time and put your heart into it, and then it all turns out to be a load of bollocks. So, yeah, of course. Um, so um, but at the same time, you just sort of think. You know, like I say, I had, it, I had it like about a year ago where some people in one city both wanted to have a show with me and I really liked the vibe of one person off the email and the other one I thought was a bit iffy and then when I met them both, I was right. And so, you know what I mean? And so mm. you kind of, you get offered, you kind of, I think you kind of, you have a thing that's a sixth sense that starts kicking in after you a do. while. It you just, do. just just comes with experience. You, you know? do, yeah. And I think with with in a paint as well as well. You know, you, there's a lot more at the stake because you know when you're putting on a full show, there's a lot that goes into that uh, yeah. setting up and commitment. And if especially if it's overseas, you know, so you really have got to gauge people properly. I think yeah, before yeah. you commit to something like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like I think. It, so have you been full time since uni? Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. That's good, really good going. Yeah, it took me a couple of years to get started, but then, yeah, I mean, it was valuable. Couple of years, you know, some of the the people that I met on, within the even just, same thing, you know, just some of the people I met in those temp jobs that I met, you know, they weren't going to be in those temp jobs forever, and you know, you you, you make relationships in the strangest yeah, places yeah. where it comes yeah. back around, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's weird because you end up meeting people. 
you know, I know, I know you like your football, and I do as well. And it's like I've, I mean, it's this is more your probably the kind of angle of the kind of stuff that you do. But it's like I, I go to football with a mate of mine who I used to play football with, who was a really good player, and his dad used to be manager of Charlton, who I support, and he's he's. His dad's doing his autobiography that's coming out this year, and mm. he just went to me, would you do a drawing of the old man for the back cover of the book sort of thing? And I yeah. just said, yeah. So he supplied me with a load of photographs to work from, and it's just really fantastic photograph, which I've done the drawing for. But they're kind of like little gems, because they're kind of things where I just sort of think, you know, I played football with this bloke for years, and, you know, you go and have a drink after the game, and I got on with it. I really like him, and I still go to football with him now even though he doesn't support Charlton, but his dad was manager of Charlton. Mm. And uh, and then you end up getting a little thing thrown at you like that, and you think, yeah, I'll do that. That's, that's all right. That's, yeah. some, that's something that's <laughs> worth doing. It's a team I support, and yeah. um, and that's kind of quite nice, because like, when you say grow up around this area, and then you know you support this team from the age of six or seven, and they're shit all the time, more or less, apart from the odd few years every now and again. And then suddenly you're going to do something that's actually not involved with the club, but it's got something to do with yeah. the history of the club and yeah. stuff like that. It's such an object of affection. Yeah, it? yeah. And, it, and it, my mate was almost embarrassed asking me to do it, and I just sort of said, yeah, no, I'll do that. It's like yeah. really, really good. You do, don't you? You know, yeah. You know, it's just like... So, you know, I've been lucky enough to work for WWE. I'm a big wrestling fan and, and, and for Leeds United, you know. But, and often the rates for some of the, you know, can be less... I mean, I do stuff like the, the kids' mag, and it's, you know, it's based in Scotland, DC Thompson, and, and the, yeah, the, you yeah. know, the rates go... It's editorial rates. They're not as good as some of the jobs I get, but I'm never turning that down, because I just... I love the stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. To be doing that, really, is... DC Thompson in Dundee. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I think back to working at Netto. My wife's wrong. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think back to working at uh, Netto for 2.63 an hour, supermarket <laughs> and Keefley, and, you know... <laughs> You know, sometimes it's hard to process that you you get to work with your football club. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, it's f- fantastic. But yeah, so did you say you said you lived in Chicago? I didn't live there. I had a studio there oh, you had a for studio a bit. There. Yeah, yeah. 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 How um, was that? Well, did you spend much time there? Yeah, I don't know. I, to, to be honest, I can't even remember how many months it was because uh, I was out there on my own, and then my brother came out for a bit, not a long time, mm. and he just got married, and he came out with his wife because he was playing in some blues festival or something out in America and then uh, my wife at the time and my kids came out for a bit and then I stayed out there painting for a mm. bit more and then I don't know if it was the same trip I ended up going to Connecticut and I had a studio in Connecticut so it all nice. kind of rolled into one sort of thing but um, that was a good experience I, I kind of didn't at the time it was it was a kind of area in Chicago that was I don't know, I think, I, I think it was like a rough area before and it was just in that stage of just starting, it were not being gentrified, but I'm sure it is now, by yeah. now, because that was like 15 years ago or something like that, maybe even longer. But uh, but it was, but it took a long time to actually make work that was related to being there. So I was yeah. like there and I was like making work about London while I was there. <laughs> and then... Uh, and it probably was years later before I came back and all this work started coming out about the States. And I think that actually, that's probably always been there in my work because I was always like a massive fan of Edward Hopper when I was at art school, you know. Mm. So there's always, and again, I guess it goes back to the film thing, there's always been that kind of thing with me or I've just always been a magpie 
where I just, and I guess where that director of fucking painting, you know, Martin Scorsese thing, I almost feel like I'm the director of my own films with my paintings. Yeah. Where I just sort of think, yeah, I fancy a bit of that from America, mm. that's going to come in here, and I fancy that old yeah. Jag, because my dad used to drive a Jag, or I want that old Granada, because my dad drove Granada, and I'm going to... Yeah, yeah put that kind of cowboy figure in because that's my brother buying a Stetson when we were in Chicago from a thrift, you know, Salvation Army shop and mm. we're bowling around in Chicago with big sideburns and fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean, looking probably like, right, right. That's got to be the title of your next show, bowling around in Chicago yeah. with big sideburns. Yeah. <laughs> right, you know, get really ripe for a kick in that we didn't even know was coming our way. Uh, that's brilliant. So no, so, um, so no, so being in Chicago was great. But at the time, it was a bit scary because, you know, I don't know, it was, I palled up with a bloke who was on the opposite corridor to me really quick when I got there because I just had all sorts of fucking weirdos knocking at me door the first night I got there oh, really? trying to sell me drugs and all that sort of <laughs> stuff and trying to find out where this woman was called, you know, Maria. Is Maria in? And I go, no, there's no Maria in. This bloke looks like he's <laughs> off his nut. And, uh, and then, yeah, there was this... Uh, Guy who lived in the opposite me in the on the cor- on the corridor because it was basically a building. It was all, it was an art space building, and the guy who owned the building was sort of renting it out. I think supposedly cheaply to people, but I was on some kind of special thing where I was invited over from London to have a studio and okay. apartment, and, yeah. and I just palled up with this guy opposite because he was an ex US paratrooper, and then so he took me out that first night and told me where to go and where not to go and all that. And so yeah. once I kind of sussed it yeah. and kind of met people who actually lived on the street and stuff like that, who yeah. I did paintings of and stuff eventually, uh, yeah, I kind of enjoyed it, but it took a bit of time to kind of get used to it all. Mm. But it was a good experience, you know. Did you find that Did you find that the, the sort of London core to, you know, to your inspirations and your upbringing and stuff, did, did, did that endear you to an American audience in, in a way? Because I always think there's an appeal to when you've got something that's that's embedded in it and it is a real product of you and your surroundings. I yeah. think that resonates with people who've not lived in that world. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I had, I had a couple of shows in LA and they were, they were really good and really well received and everything. Um... But I always found, I know I went out for the shows and stuff like that, but I always, and I remember with Bo's Art, they, they took me to the LA Art Fair a couple of times, did one man shows there, and they did really well mm-hmm. on a selling point of view, uh, which is good. But I kind of went out there, and it was like, I used to feel like they didn't understand what I was talking about. That was a problem. And it was like, so I'd do stuff, I'd slow down my London accent, and then I'd get. <laughs> I don't know, and then I'd get be mistaken for a New Zealander or an Australian or something like that. Yeah. And um, I don't know, it's it's weird because I, I sort of think, I think, that, I think I don't know, I don't want to generalise really, but I think the Americans, they do love the British and all that and yeah. things that are British in the same way that kind of Japanese do because I've yeah. had a couple of shows. That's why and, I asked them, like, did you just, yeah. been, just been visiting America a couple of times, I've found that that, that is there very much and yeah. I didn't think it would be, I thought that was me generalising. Yeah, but, but I, no, it's but, for real. But I think sometimes, I think that some stuff does get lost in translation, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, I mean, maybe on, in New York it's a bit more sus, I don't know, and I don't want to... I think the nuances of, yeah, do... 
very much so. There are there are differences. Let's let's face it. You know, yeah. you could never understand unless you'd lived it. Yeah, well, I've, that's the thing because that was when you know when I had the studio in Chicago and I went to a laundrette the first time to use laundrette and I said to the bloke, I'm looking at the money. What do I put in the machine to get the powder and all that? And I've gone to the bloke at the back. You know, what, what's a, what, what's, what do I need to put in here, mate? Like that, and then he's just gone. Hey, Crocodile Dundee, and I just went, fuck off. <laughs> and, it, and he goes, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. I was like, wow. So, you know what I mean? And you think, <laughs> I don't know. What did he think I was going to speak like Higgins off a of Magnum or something? <laughs> I had, uh, I get Scottish. When I was in Australia and New Zealand, I got Scott, I got, uh, you know, where it was in Scotland, are you from? <laughs> Not Scottish. And, uh, and then. I mean, to be honest, ever since I've started doing you know, talk, talks at unis, like with the book coming out and this the show, I've had to try and slow down a little bit and pronounce yeah. a few more T's. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I went back home and it, it must have stuck with me. And I went in Sports Direct to buy some trainers and the lad said, oh, you sound a bit posh for Keith, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I no. can't believe it. No, no, well, I've got, I've, got, I've got cousins who were born down here, but they live up in near Grimsby and that. And they, yeah. they're, they're like in their 40s and that. And they, they get called Cockneys, even though they were brought up since the age of five up there. You know. I love it, I love that. <laughs> I love it. Only in the UK, it's brilliant. <laughs> so, the, what's the dog references? Because you, um, that, there's a lot of English Bull Terriers in your work. That, yeah. that is really quite iconic. And what, what, how did that start? Is it just a love of the breed? I, I, li- I like, well, it all stemmed, really. It, it goes back to the real old one. It's um, It was like seeing Oliver when I was a kid. You yeah, know? Bullseye. Yeah, Bullseye. <laughs> and... Um, and I, I remember watching it with my mum, sort of, I don't know, you know, the weekend, it was probably Sunday afternoon, it was on the telly or something, mm. and, you know, the old man's a kip because he's been down the pub or something, and then and then uh, me and my mum were watching it, and then my mum's going, oh, that ugly dog, those horrible dogs and all that, and then, you know, in the end, it's Bullseye who grasses up or leads the police to Bill Sykes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm kind of going, no, they're really nice dogs all the way through the film and all that. I don't know why, I just really liked them. Yeah. And then in the end, I kind of went to my mum, I said, look, the, the dogs kind of led the police to, you know, Bill Sykes and, you know, they've got Nancy's killer and all that. And so it was always this latent thing, I really liked them. And then when I was at art school, I had some pals who had them and I just started painting them. And then... I don't know, it's just, they've just always been there and I guess in a really weird way they're a kind of weird self, self-portrait in some odd way, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it is all that kind of stuff, it's a very cliche thing, but it's that kind of thing about not judging things on appearances and all that sort yeah, of thing, yeah, you know, yeah. because, yeah. you know, as you know, I do actually have an English Bull Terrier and they're, they're great, you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah, they're, 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 they're a really brilliant dog, they're really, they're not, Pitbull, they're not sort of you know staffy or whatever. Yeah, you know they 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 they're just, they're just great. And I guess there was a thing where I did stop painting them for a while, and then there was a few people, and there still are people who try and well, your thing arrest all mimics. There's people who do try and mimic what I do, you know, mm. which is I suppose I should take that as a form of flattery, but at the same time it's fucking irritating. Yeah, and uh, when I stopped doing them. I had a mate who said to me, oh, you know, there's this geezer who keeps on fucking doing English ball terriers, they're shit, compared with yours. He goes, you better start doing them again, just like show them how they're done. <laughs> and so, I don't know, I guess it's become a rod for my own back, but I do actually, 
genuinely love painting them. I really, really yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like painting them. They're gorgeous. Oh yeah, I love that. I, I think they're brilliant. I had a, I had a guy on the show, Robert James Clark, who does more or less, not more or less exclusively, but he does a hell of a lot of portraits of dogs for people. Uh, mm-hmm. He's from Luton originally, he's in New York now, and he's right. um, doing really well. He's become really well known for this quite iconic, quite rough and ready loose style yeah, yeah. painting of dog portraits. But it's just, it, you can capture so much of that, you know, I don't know if there's any other species that get such an individuality and personality within every single dog, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think it's um, it's a great thing, subject to work with. Yeah, 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 no. So when, uh, so when does the show start, Rick? When does it open? Um, uh, which opens on uh, the, the private views on the 27th of January and then the show's sort of the 28th of January all the way through at the end of February. So yeah. it's like a month's run. Brilliant. So, yeah, it's free to get in. And uh, if you're going by on this rainy day, go in there and have a look. So Yeah. Um, can't wait to see it yeah it's going to be cool <laughs> so um, so what about moving forward have you got any uh, what's, that, what's after the show what's the what's next for you do you know well no I've got I've got a couple of things I'm involved in I'm involved in a group show in Paris in March um, and then somebody when I was at some studios up at London Bridge um, I don't know probably getting over 20 years ago now there was some it was studios called Delfino, which were really fantastic studios, and they used to have a lot of like international artists and stuff there. And there's a German artist; they were a couple. Um, you know, they kind of collaborated, and made their work together, really conceptual. But the woman has been in touch with me, and she's asked me to be in a group show in Berlin in July. I think it is. So I've got that as well. Brilliant. And then I've got a. Showing, um, showing Brussels next autumn, sort of thing, which is I'm really looking forward to doing. Nice, it's a good run. So yes, and then there's two, there's a couple of like I said the, the gallery in Luxembourg and a couple of other things, but it's just nailing them down and it's yeah, like yeah. and then kind of making them fit when you want to make them fit because if you know if the gallery in Luxembourg says oh yeah let's do something in September and then you kind of go oh, I'm doing something in Brussels in September so yeah it's just trying to. Yeah. Juggle it all sort yeah. of thing. So no, and then you know, there's always you know, I'm, I'm I kinda get commissioned to do stuff as well, which is kinda good because most people who commission me, they don't really tell me what to do as such. They might have a little, a little kernel of an idea and then they just kinda go to me, but you know, just do what you do sort of yeah, thing. Which yeah. is really, really nice. So I'm sure if you brilliant. get that in Yeah. In it's the, brilliant, yeah. I think it's been so long holding tight to what I, I know is my sort of my my style and what I like to do that that I nine times out of ten get commissioned for that now. People come yeah, to yeah. me for that. You know, I'm not going to get. I'm not going to get. A, you know, there's, there's just certain magazines that wouldn't come near me, and I like that. You know, I don't want to be a jack of all. I want, I want to be known for what I yeah, do. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is. I do tend to get that sometimes, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, which is really cool. It's. Uh, I've got to touch briefly upon the couple of sound, brilliant sound bites that we were talking about that you've had. Because but the last episode was sort of we talked very much about PR and market agency. Can I go and have a piss? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. I'll be busting for about five minutes out of chocolate. Yeah, the last episode was about um, sort of PR and, you know, unique marketing and making the most of what you got. And I just, I, I, we had that conversation about the, the brilliant sound bites. There was the one about where, who, who was it that said you were the Martin Scott Sears of painting? I was, I had a, uh, 
<laughs> just remember. There's a woman called uh, Lindsay McRae, and I kind of um, don't know. I just met. She was like, I guess she was working for GQ magazine, and she sort of interviewed me in a cafe up in Soho. And then uh, yeah, so I didn't have any control over what she wrote at all, and I didn't even. But then yeah, she put this fucking in the little leader bit into the article. It was like. Ray Richardson is the Martin Scorsese of painting. And, uh, it's unbelievable. It's gold. PR gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I think uh, uh, a, a journalist wrote the kind of catalogue essay for, for a show of Beaux Art about, I think it was about 1999, 2000 or something like that. And he interviewed me at my studio at the time. There's an Irish guy called um, John O'Reilly. And uh, he used to write on music actually in the independent I think in the Guardian anyway he came down and he was a really nice bloke well he is, he is a, I haven't seen him for years but he is a really nice bloke and uh, he just went to me at the end of it he goes oh, I saw that quote in GQ you know the Martin Scorsese painting he just went fucking flog that to death for the rest of your life he goes, <laughs> he goes if somebody wrote something like that about you, he said you've just got to you've just got to keep it and so Hence, you do sort of see that on my website and yeah. you know on my Twitter of thing. You, do. He's you know, but you know, and it's and I am a big fan of Martin Scorsese yeah. as well. well. Even better than yeah. Um, so, and what about what was the other one? It was everything is shit. What who said that again? Oh, I don't know. What was that? All that, all that is shit apart from. Oh no, that, no, <laughs> that, no. That was a guy, a fella in Manchester. Uh, called Austin Collins, who sort of I'd never met, and he sent an email to me, to my website, and he said that he'd interviewed James Elroy, you know, the American novelist, who, again, I'm a really big fan of, and he's a Bull Terrier owner as well, and he's a Bull Terrier <laughs> owner, and um, he just, this guy, Austin Collins, asked him, you know, something like, oh, you know, what, what just interviewing him in general for some journal of literature or something, and uh, he said, oh, what do you think of art? And he said something like, oh, I can't this, I can't exactly quote it. I've got it in the email, but it's, I mean, like, all art shit, shit but uh, except for Ray Richardson. <laughs> so I was quite happy with that. So <laughs> if ever I meet James Elroy and he says that's true, then I'll shake his hand sort of thing. It's but, brilliant. Um, it's just, wow. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, it's um, when you kind of get people who you kind of, you know, again, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it, it all depends who your heroes are, doesn't it? Really, but but, yeah. but but you know what I mean. Maybe Scorsese is not everyone's cup of tea. James Elroy ain't everyone's cup yeah. of tea. But, but I like I like both of them, and I don't know them, and I didn't pay them <laughs> to write that. And, um, all I'd have needed to just top it off was like Marvin Gaye said something really good about me, yeah. but that's not going to happen now. And I'd have been really happy, but um, but but you know what I mean. But that's that's yeah, that's kind of really nice that's when. Correct. When you do get things written like that, but you know you get some shitty things written about you from time to time, which fortunately hasn't happened too much with me. Um, yeah, but, but you know, but yeah, when you it's get the, of the beast, yeah, it? but when you get sort of good stuff like that, you got to go with it, you know. Of course you do. Yeah, flog it, flog it to death. <laughs> uh, so the last bit of the show, I always I call the segment "Shark in the Tank" because uh, Damien. <laughs> And um, it's just basically I ask for a love and a hate because obviously it's a love it, you know, piece of art, style of art. 
Um, so I asked people, just, it can be a thing at the moment, it can be a thing of all time, just something that gets you back up and something that sort of gets you out of bed in the morning for the right reasons. That's really fucking hard, that is, because <laughs> I know you said you were going to ask me that and I'd sort of so I'd tried not to think about it and now I can't think of <laughs> anything at all because I wanted to be spontaneous with it. But... Um, fucking irritates me I don't know you could ring my wife now and she'd tell you loads of stuff but uh, <laughs> um, I don't know I guess in, I guess I don't know some things in maybe in my world in the art world is kind of I'm not being specific about anything here, but it's kind of a rewriting of history, which I know everyone could be, you know, guilty of doing sort of thing. But I find there's a real lot of, for me, who's someone who was there, especially at Goldsmiths, there's been a lot of rewriting of history and people who weren't there who said they were there and they fucking weren't. And, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, just Johnny come lately. I just hate Johnny come lately. Yeah, yeah. that's fucking, a good one. That's a good one. Everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Football art. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, yeah, I know, yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> and what's what's exciting you? Or what's or what? What just you know? Again, um, doesn't have to be right now. It can be a, an ongoing thing. Anything really? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think there's loads of stuff that excites me, but mm. it's again, it's that. I think it's going back to the things that I get plugged into that influence me on my work. Mm. I don't know. You know what I mean? You could be watching. I don't know. You could be watching some late night program. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It was like I saw a thing on BBC Four a little while ago about Bill Withers, a documentary about Bill Withers. And that was just fucking so uplifting. Mm. The humbleness of that bloke and the fantastic music that he's written over the years. And the same, there was a thing with Bobby Womack. And, yeah. you, and you just like think, I don't know. And then you'll get someone young come along. I don't know. I mean, all right, say the Libertines ain't so young now. But it was like, you know, they fell from grace and then they came back and then they did some good stuff. And I just sort of find it's really good when people can... Yeah, come back and redo it, yeah. and you know, yeah. and whether it's kind of old stuff or new stuff, and whether it's music, art, yeah. or books I guess, or, I guess, just not knowing where the next inspiration is coming from. Yeah, because it's all around yeah, you, yeah. And I think, yeah, if you're kind of like open to that, and they're getting caught unawares mm. by stuff, and you go, "Fucking hell, that was yeah. magic!" You know what I mean? And yeah. um, I don't know. It's like. Uh, I don't, know, you, I don't know, you discover some like old record, like I say, you just have never fucking heard before, or, then, mm. or you hear someone new who's trying to do something. I, I don't know, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just waiting, not knowing what's just, coming next. Yeah, yeah, just waiting for those kind of surprises. They're, I guess they're the things that make you, mm. that make you want to keep on going. That's it, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so, and where's the best place for people to check out your work online? Well, I've got a website, which is. Uh, RayRichardson.co.uk, but dated. Um, but you know that's a good point of yeah. being able to contact me if you want to sort of thing. But you can go and see the show at Bose Art, yeah. London, brilliant London Soul, which is 
48 Maluk Street, London W1. Nice. <laughs> good work. Thanks, Ray. That's all right. And, uh, good luck with it. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Well, you're invited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there without a doubt. Can't last that's why I've come to London. <laughs> I think that's the most that I've laughed uh, on one of the Arrest All Mimics shows. Probably since Robert James Clark, um, who absolutely ripped me to shreds in that podcast. It took me a while to get over the conversation we had there. And it was the same thing with Ray. Um, it's just fantastic. You know, we, we sat down and had a cup of tea one evening after he'd finished painting for the day. As I said, with the deadline for his show, London Soul, coming up. And it was really kind of him to, to fit me in. Uh, do go check out uh, Beaux Arts London. That's B-E-A-U. X-A-R-T-S London.co.uk Apologies for that And I almost had to apologise for the previous show When my girlfriend flagged up that Instead of championing Illustration Limited's new website um, By saying (laughs) Brand spanking new website uh, Illustration Limited Of course the illustration agency who kindly support this podcast um, I said brand new spanking website So that in no way reflects the nature of my agency um, <laughs> But do go and check out the website at illustrationweb.com With lots of new editorial pieces on the projects that they're, they're putting out there Some fantastic illustration, animation, design work all, all manner of things, murals going on Crazy stuff But I hope you enjoyed Ray's chat Do go and check out his work also RayRichardson.co.uk as he mentioned on the show Uh, And come down and see the show. You must come and see some of this work. It's absolutely stunning. And, you know, as we discussed, what a soundbite. Martin Scorsese of painting. It's the kind of thing we all fantasise about. We've we've all got those idols and, you know, it's kind of, you want to be your own man, but it's always nice when you get put in the same box as people who've inspired you over the years. And I think Ray Well and Truly has has pulled that off and completely on merit. His work uh, is... Amongst my favourite painters for sure. Uh, and let us know your opinions. Hit us up on the Twitter at Arrest All Mimics. Drop us an email, arrestallmimics at gmail.com. And of course, you can contact the Illustration Limited team via the website, again, illustrationweb.com. And they are now on all platforms on social media. So come and see the great range of work that they're representing. Uh, thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. It's really important for the listenership. And you know, later into the year, we're going to be trying to get sponsorship for this program so that I can take it weekly and bring you more and more content. So listener figures are important. You know, share with your friends, get downloading, get on the iTunes, get on the SoundCloud. And again, any guest suggestions, very welcome. Tell us why you should be on the show. Tell us why somebody you love or somebody you know should be on the show. And I'm completely open to suggestions. So keep things coming guys and thanks as ever for the support talk to you soon you've been listening to Arrestable Mimics